there's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC by Pilot House. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday. It's been a hell of a week, I think, for probably everyone, maybe in the world, definitely North America, definitely on the D2C team, definitely on the Pilot House team. I thought, what would be better than to gather the Pilot House executives, crack a beer, and discuss a little bit about this fantastic journey that we find ourselves on? I will start by saying I was employee number 17 uh, at the in March when all of this came on when we started this whole D2C journey I, I just came on sort of to help on the BD side of Pilot House it's been an absolutely amazing ride and it's been unreal to see the, the growth that our team has had over the last little while led by this executive team and I just know that we have a lot of um, agencies on our list we have mostly brands about 60% brands but I know we have a ton of agencies on the list as well and I just want to talk a little bit about some of the things that have worked best for us in terms of agency growth some of the hiccups and uh, heartaches that we've had over the last little while and, and how we've overcome them uh, and just get your guys perspective on on this um, this wild ride we find ourselves on welcome to all killer no filler how are you guys doing eric thanks you, you didn't tell me i was supposed to bring a beer though yeah i was gonna say i thought we thought it was tea this is just you drinking on the job <laughs> just getting a little loose right for all killer no you got a sam pellegrino here we got i got a sam pellegrino eric deserves it it's been a big week big week dtc plus <laughs> It has been a big week. We just, we just launched D2C Plus.co. First plug of the of the podcast goes to D2C Plus.co. It's our membership tier of the D2C platform. So uh, go check that out right now. Uh, guys, let's start with a value rocket, though. Who can step up and talk about one of the most, like, pivot? what's been one of the most pivotal aspects that's allowed us to grow? What is that, like, 500% or whatever it's been, or thousands of percent over the last six months? <laughs> oh, man. So you're getting... Yeah, sorry. I thought Dave was going to say something. Oh, if he's got one, go for it. I can throw one in there. There you go. Uh, if you're running an agency, only profit when your client profits. And that will not lead you astray. Good I one. like it. Absolutely. Good one. And, and where does that come from? Let's, let's talk a little bit about our background and like where that mentality comes from. That's an affiliate yeah, I mean, mentality in a lot of ways, right? It, it, yeah. So, I mean, Kyle and I started a company called Helmkin in 2014 um and we really came from the affiliate world so the affiliate world is where you where you eat what you kill you know we deploy our capital on a daily basis trying to make back more money um so really the performance model is inherent to everything we do and where we come from and pilot has grew out of that totally uh, and so we've been able to apply that model to the agency game i think there's a lot of agencies out there what what is the most common way that agencies bill i guess it's essentially um you know uh percentage of spend is that still the, the the norm do you guys think i'd say retainer plus performance performance is going to be percent of spend uh maybe a cpa if you're doing you know lead gen or perhaps uh percent roas very interesting uh what so what else what like okay so so you we got to first of all make sure that you don't profit when uh your your client isn't profiting uh how how do you balance that? How do you balance that with with you know the the own the agency's profitability and the agency's growth? Because not every account is going to be able to crush. Yeah, Dave's gonna go here. Uh, I, I was gonna say <laughs> I think it's a I, I think it's a culture thing, right? Like it has to be ingrained in the culture. You have to have players on the team who want to get paid when they win and they want to bleed when they lose. 
right? Not everybody wants that, right? Some people want stability, they want safety uh, and, and power to them. There's plenty of jobs that offer that. We happen to be in an industry that allows hustlers and ambitious people to climb the ladder faster. Uh, and they can do that in a matter of you know weeks, months, uh, in the course of a year. It's insane to see what some people you know have been able to, to do and accomplish and progress. Uh, and I think that's, that's what fuels it. And, and you have to have those wins public in the company so that people kind of see these ascensions, these transformations that people make. And, I, and, and that all gets kind of facilitated through shout outs on Slack and email and just a lot of celebration of people when they have wins so that you can kind of hold those people up as, as models for other people to follow in a way. That's what I'm, I'm so interested in, just I, the hiring side. Sorry, go ahead, Andrew. I think that's, no, I was just going to pile on top there. I think that's, that's important. That, that works when you have the right people, when you have people that uh, can kind of be in that type of culture uh, without, without ego and without um, these other things blocking them uh, from really being a team and supporting each other, elevating each other and, and getting those wins. So the next piece, you know, on my mind, uh, other than aligning profit uh, with your with your client is, is putting the right people in the right seats. And uh, I think that's allowed us to, you know, go from that, um, you know, mid-level to that next level uh, in, in, a, in a more comfortable way. Um, without the wheels falling off, quite frankly. So that's that's definitely a big focus of ours. Can you give an example of that? Uh, not an example of a, maybe of a specific employee or whatever, but when, when you say put, putting people in the right places, is that sort of just, is that about sort of um, compartmentalizing your, your internal processes and making sure people are, are doing the specific jobs that are, that are kind of best for them? Like, what does that actually mean practically? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts right at the hiring side. Uh, you know, you're just about to go into... Uh, screening process, uh, multiple um, kind of checks into whether or not, um, you know, people are going to fit within our culture. Um, So if they get past that, then it's really understanding what motivates them, understanding their drive. And so is it, uh, um, you know, seeing our clients win? Pretty much everyone has to have that. That's that's you know that's a criteria. That's that's a must. But um, there there are people that uh, will do anything that they can to make that happen, and uh, have you know some of the analytical or um, you know strategy sides of things that that we can kind of build into the client teams. And then there's other people who are more satisfied, you know, have, have pride of their own work and their creations and obviously enjoy that it provides success for our clients, but uh, are more interested in the work that they're doing and there's value in that as well. And so that, that, that's what I mean by having the right people in the right places is that, um, you know, if we put, if we, if we make sure that we know what motivates them and know what their strong suits are, then, then we're gonna get the most out of them. And what does that mean practically? Because I know you and Kyle specifically, Andrew's our COO uh, and, and Kyle, I, I know you're a co-founder. I forget your actual title within the company, but I know you guys are- I think this month it's CRO. It's CRO, chief, chief, yeah, chief CRO guy. But I know yeah. you guys are, you're on the phones all the time. You're in meetings with staff like a lot. You're, there's a lot of touch points that we have. You know, I, I feel like you guys are really good at what's called leading from the rear, sort of like being in the trenches with people 
so that, that you, they, you know, they really understand that, that you've got their back. You're kind of beside them. Can you speak to that a little bit about what that's meant for you guys, like having to, to t- take on 60 employees in this growth journey? Yeah. Yeah. 60. I mean, we're at 74 or something now. 74 now. <laughs> yeah. I just got the update. Was the last day. week. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I, I think leading from behind, I mean, I am in the, like, we are, we are certainly in the trenches, but I think from a high level, you know, the four of us, we've broken out our roles so that it's sustainable so that we can focus in on the things that matter. You know, me, it's like, I, I work on, uh, uh, sales and, and onboarding. Let's ensure that the clients we bring in are awesome and that the success is, 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 has a higher chance of surviving. Uh, Andrew, uh, you know, in charge of the op- ops, the back end, ensuring, you know, departmentally that things make sense, that people's uh, opinions are heard and implemented and so on. Uh, you know, Dave really looking at new ventures. Uh, where's the next, the next uh, opportunity? How do we, how do we, how do we support our clients? Um, and then Jeff, you know, managing money and thinking critically about about the decisions that we're all making and, and challenging us on that. From um, from a, an employee standpoint, it's the same thing. Like Andrew said, everyone has their talents. So we do a couple things. One, we listen to our employees, no matter how experienced they are, because we're bringing in talent that we believe and trust in from the beginning, and we establish a good rapport that way, and we say. I'm going to, I'm going to, I say this literally like word for word, people who have, who I've hired are going to laugh at this, but like, listen, I'm going to give myself to you, but I expect the same return. And I'm going to help you build that confidence that you need. Very cool. You do that enough times with enough great people, you have a great organization. And that's, I think that's really, we've done a really good job of that. It's to me, the fact that we have a company that when we, when we get together, we're kind of so much of it, we're still on, we're all on the same wavelength. And the fact is, like, I've never met these people before. The fact, you know, we're, we're all so many of us are in the same city. Uh, but the fact that we've been able to collect a group of people and been able to align them and incentivize them and give them, you know, the passion, you know, for this agency, when we've not been in the same office together, when we've just been connected from our homes, we've just been connected by, by a Slack or by email. Uh, it's been pretty remarkable. Like, how do you guys account for that? I think that it's something you can't account for. It's not a numbers thing. I think it's an, an emotional thing. And I think that, I think that again, like Dave said, ensuring that, and Andrew, but making sure that the people have the right attitude, regardless of expertise, you can be the best media buyer in the world, but be a dickhead. We don't want you here because it just doesn't align with our values. Just like if you're a dickhead client, like we don't want you. So <laughs> don't bother applying, but <laughs> the, it's not, it's not, it's something you can't count for. It is purely the people that you put yourself around. And how do we quickly, Dave, this is a question for you then. How do we quickly find those people? How do we know, like how quickly in a conversation with people, do you know that they're going to be, you know, on board? Uh, well, well, recently uh, I hired uh, an executive assistant to help with the screening process because, you know, we now have quite a bit of visibility and we've actually got, you know, there's lots of people who are kind of knocking on our door saying, Hey, we want to, we want to, uh, I want to, I want to work for Palados in some way, shape or form. And, and to that point, how do you screen quickly? Um, but at the same time, give people a fair chance. Um, and really that was about defining those fundamentals that we look for that we've just seen, our, our shooting stars all tend to have common traits. So we just, first of all, assess those traits and then 
you know, document it and, and then really look for those traits in new people. Um, and I think just be, be super upfront about it. Like the very first call I have with anyone, like I, I go deep, I ask them those real core questions. What are your values, right? What, and really try and, try and get to the core of, of who they are, what makes them tick. And then to be honest, it's been a lot of gut checking, right? I can tell, do I enjoy this conversation? Is it, is it taking me a lot of energy to, to converse with this person? The client is gonna feel that way too, right? Is this person leading me? Are they telling me stories? They're a great storyteller. That's a good sign. A client wants that in, in a staff member. So, you know, maybe, maybe why don't we, why don't we go around real quick and just, just for, you know, other agencies out there, like what are, what should their matrix look like? Like, what are those things that you just straight up in an interview that they need to have? That's a, that's a really interesting question, Dave, like, cause there's different, there's different types of businesses too. Ours is unique, I think in, in the space a little bit and how, you know, five bodies per account and, and so on, so on. But, you know, agencies coming up one, I think like, as an owner, you need to figure out what your values are. If you're alone in this business, it's lonely and it's hard and it's not pill battle. And, you know, before we get into these values, I think you just need to look at what type of agency you are or even brand like brands should be doing this too. Um, you know, you're essentially building the same talent around you that, that we've built here, but uh, what are your values? And then do you have partners? What are your partner's strengths? If you don't have partners, how do you find someone? that shares your values that you trust. Mm. That's the hardest part is finding good partners, I think. And partners can be employees. I have great employees that I consider partners in my head, even though they're not technically on paper, right? When you say partners there, are you referring to- um, Business client, partners. Business partners, so people that, that sort of like expand the business. Clients too though, man. Like <clears throat> clients too, like if, if like we, our, our clients are our partners and, and the ones that succeed are very like-minded. I was going to, I was going to use the word uh, like family, right? You, you were saying, you know, we don't want dickhead employees and dickhead clients. Like it's because uh, you know, what this is built on is, is really, you know, this, this partnership or this family like atmosphere. We, we have that, those, that type of feedback from our clients often. And there's nothing better than hearing that. Like when they consider us family, right. That's, that's, that's when we know, you know, we're, doing the right thing it's a, it's a valuable sorry jeff no it's okay uh it, it's a valuable exercise to define those values and fundamentals for like this is this goes back this classic you know classic leadership business stuff but the reason it's important is that when you're doing your 30-day reviews 60-day reviews with with team members you can actually just draw you know point directly you know this is why things aren't working our breakdown is because we don't have you know transparency or visibility in the work you're doing, especially now that things are remote. People you know, can suffer in silence. They feel like they're on an, on an island uh, and it's because we've got no visibility into, into why they're not succeeding. So if you solve that, we can all of a sudden see where the, where the pitfalls are, where their weaknesses are, and we can help support. How do you and solve that? So imbuing communication, transparency, visibility, into the core essence of what our agency stands for, not just internally, but for clients as well, because they feel the same way. If they don't have visibility into what we're doing, they're thinking, hey, we're paying these guys, are they even working? You know what I mean? So we've solved for that as a core principle. Uh, that means every announcement we talk about it, every review we talk about it, every meeting we talk about it, and it radiates from, from, the, from within. 
what's our what's our slack total up to what's our monthly slack flex on on messages that we send i think uh it's a lot it was yeah ridiculous uh, you know an unbelievable amount but that's because i think we build that idea of like not over communication but but like constant communication whether it's to the client or to each other uh into the dna I think one thing that kind of, uh, you know, one thing we've found as a constant, uh, almost always marker of success is, is hiring entrepreneurs. And I think a lot, a lot of businesses are scared to do that. They're, they're scared to hire people that have their own goals and aspirations. Um, and it's so backwards because as long as your company aligns with their goals and aspirations, you're both going to get so much further than you would have if they were on their own or we were on our own. You know, you can't, a lot of agencies hire people, they follow a playlist or a, uh, you know, a playbook and they get burned out after two years. They work until, you know, they hire young people, they're burned out, they work until 9 p.m. every night and they're gone because that position isn't helping them get to that next step. And I think that's something we really value um, is trying to, you know, not only financially, but in, in the world of, of career growth, we, we really want these people um, these, these partners, these, these people that work with us to gr grow to that next stage. And I think that's something we really, really value. Yeah. Un uncapped potential in, in every position, right? Like, well, and, and, and Eric, I think you're a good example of that, right? I mean, like right, right now we, we, we hired Eric as, as, you know, helping with business development basically. And now, uh, you know, we're about to split out DTC into its own corporation. Eric's a business partner and, and, we're, we're, and we're, we're making that next step. Eric's an entrepreneur. It was, it was, you know, it has helped us both grow to this place we wouldn't have necessarily been had we just hired Eric and said, hey, you do podcasts for a living and, and, and that's it. Dave's I, another great example. Literally, example. <laughs> literally, Dave used to be, you know, Helmkin employee for a long time. And, and, you know, Dave just kicked ass, grew, wanted it fought for it and then he built pilot house me and stern didn't even get involved until a year ago yeah <laughs> well stern's a good example too i mean everyone here everyone here is basically except for kyle and i started out as a started out as an employee and, and now we're moving into partnerships right which i have and that know. happens again and again and again and again so you, it's like this dave talks about this abundance mindset support the players support the winners give them everything they need to win and they will and make it known that their growth, you know, you want to be a partner in their growth, whether that's whether that's through uh, their, you know, employment path at at Pilot House, or whether that's through other opportunities. It goes back to that first conversation I sat down with with Dave, and you know, I'd, I'd been in the business a bunch. I had all these contacts. I and you know, so you know, on my mind, I'm thinking equity. Like, you know, let's let's talk about equity. And obviously, th th that was th that was early days. But Dave was like, let's let's talk about creating equity. And I think that's the real key. I think when it comes to in, you know, providing employees this path up. It's not just about how they can get a piece of what you've built and what they're helping build, but also like, what can you build together that can create equity for the entire institution? And I know we're, we're looking at that again and again with, with employees. And it's just so important that that's built into the DNA of the company as well, that they know that that path exists. Yeah. And doing that in a way that isn't bullshit, like bullshit carrots. Here's, here is an agency problem. Bullshit carrots. Okay. Like there's, there's, agency world, like stock trader world, like all these kind of, you know, fast paced moving uh, industries. It's like carrot and stick, carrot and stick. And an old mentor asked me once, he's like, he's like, he's like, this is where I got this from. He's, he's like, man, you're giving me the stick here. Like I'm trying to give you a carrot. And what I learned from that is that <laughs> I hope he listens to this, but what I learned from that is like, is like you can create real opportunity as long as everyone's clear and aligned. I think smaller agencies, because we've been through this, 
I think smaller agencies, it's like, how do I even look up and get to that next level? How do I, how do I, how do I support and build confidence, uh, you know, with the team around me? Cause like, I think, I think, uh, Jeff said two years or whatever, right. People are going to get burned out if you, if you, if you don't, if you don't actually show value in, in what you're delivering. And I think that we've done a good job giving people opportunities, which has created more opportunities therefore, which creates more opportunity for other, other people. As long as you're clear and transparent and you're not bullshitting, I think, I think you'll do fine. And I, I think when you hire people like that, you end up with a really good product. And that's, that's, you know, not to toot our own horn, but that that's why we do so well. That's why, um, our clients are so happy with our success and their success, you know, working with pilot is because you have this team of people that all want the same thing. They're all aligned. They're all looking for growth. Entrepreneurs want to solve problems. They're not, they're not book followers. They're not rule followers. And that's how you solve problems. That's how you get to that next stage of, of cracking the code on a new account that's been stubborn for four months. You know, that's how you get it to, you know, a million bucks a month. How do you guys, how do you, so someone like, we can say this now cause we've been through it. Right. But like, how, you know, someone like, a 10 person company or five person company, like how do they break through? Cause it took me years to break through this my idea of abundance. You guys did it to me like straight up. Like how, how, how do you break through? How do you change that mindset? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people did, like I was saying earlier, like I think a lot of agencies over the last six, eight months have probably experienced uh, maybe more success than they had previously, or maybe more growth just from the fact that the industry grew so much. Um, but, but that, you know, that is not going to take uh, a lot of companies far if they don't have the same, you know, if they don't have fundamental, if they, if they don't have their fundamentals, you know, buttoned up. That's a tough, it's a tough one. I mean, for me personally, my journey, I, I was always, you know, I read every entrepreneurship book under, under the sun. Right. And it was all about starting your own business. And to me, that meant I was the owner. Right. And so I burned myself out trying to, um, trying to solve all the problems myself, right? And that's when one day I said, you know what, man, that it's not, it's not gonna work like that. That's when I got introduced to you guys and realized that, wow, you know, you can go so much farther, so much faster even uh, with a team. And so it really clicked for me as to say, hey, I'd way rather have a smaller piece of a bigger pie, a successful pie, a growing pie that I could wake up every day and feel pumped about and then focus on making that pie bigger, right? And then my piece is actually bigger than it would have been uh, in the first place. And so I think that's that's the click. And right. how that happens, I think is gonna be unique for everybody. But once you're willing to accept it, then it, it can manifest in its own way. I think that, that was a big thing for Kyle and I too. I mean, there's no doubt, um, you know, up until when we started Pilot House with you, Dave, I mean, prior to that, it was, it was, you know, Kyle and I was the Kyle and Jeff show at Helmkin. Like we really, um, you know, not that we didn't have really talented team, but every, everything came down to Kyle and I, that's what it was. And, and we didn't delegate well. We didn't put people in, in positions of responsibility. We really felt like you, that we had to do absolutely everything ourselves. And it, it really did take launching Pilot House to realize, oh shit, there's other, like, there's people that are way better at me than a lot of different things that are, you know, them taking it from, zero to one is, is, is like a piece of, you know, a piece of cake. Whereas me, I got to learn how to do this thing. Um, who and, know and how? I, uh, yeah. Who know how? Great book. Um, I, I think that was a, that was a really interesting, you know, I think Kyle and I both came to that realization pretty quickly when, when, when Pilot House got launched, no question. 
Very interesting. So I wanted to talk about, we're talking a little bit about opportunities. And I know uh, just in the past eight months, uh, Pilot House has expanded in so many different ways, whether uh, whether it's uh, you know adding to our Google team, adding to our Amazon team, adding uh, you know, adding an email division, adding all, all, all these these different things to service clients. I'm wondering, like, where do we think the big opportunities with 2021 are with digital agencies? What are the areas we are most excited about for growth? Doing it all. I mean, look, look, I, I think, you know, there's no question. We come from the affiliate world. We come from that performance world. We know you know, how to, how to make people money on the internet, basically, you know, putting ads up, making more money with sales where I don't think a lot of people have that is in the larger fortune 100 fortune 500 companies. Um, I, I think there's a huge amount of opportunity there. I think these, you know, these people are spending hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars a year on completely um, untrackable costs and revenues. And I, and I think, I don't think, you know, the, the performance model will take over 100% of it. I think there's always a huge, huge place for branding and that kind of thing. But I think we will see big companies like that starting to move into the performance world. And I think that's definitely something we'll be going after. Nice. What about, I know, I know we're looking at growing at our, our UGC team and, and our ability to execute against uh, content creation. Uh, I feel like that's a really big, a big opportunity is for growth as well. And I know we're, we're hiring in that space or have hired. Yeah. I mean, just backing it up a little bit. So like there's legs on the stool, right? Like how do you, how do you, as an agency, let's just like going to, back to growth, right? So, you know, how do you, how do you create stability? Cause as you know, okay, you're an agency, maybe 80, 20, 80% of your revenue is from 20% of your clients. How do you fight to make that 50, 50? How do you, how do you get your clients making 10% revenue on average? You know, like how do you avoid the whale syndrome that honestly crushes agencies, especially small ones, you know, add more services, build teams around those services, upsell to your existing clients. Email, Google, Facebook, Amazon, comment mod, all these things, creative services, UGC, they all work together and you can find cost savings. So if you can, if you can build those teams, find those people around you, even if they're partnership deals, like you're going to be able to service your clients better. You're not fighting for attribution. You're not, you're not doing all these things. So, uh, leading into 2021 for us, yes, full service UGC team coming up. Um, however, you know, we're only doing that now that we have confidence in our other departments. And so as an agency owner, you just need to figure out where your energy and capacity is and where you can start adding these additional services. Cause at the end of the day, the clients need all this stuff. It's just about how you execute it in a way that's profitable. Yeah. And just, just to add on to that, it's like our mindset has been deeper integration uh, and aligned strategies. Right. So, you know, it, it, we do offer a lot of different things, but it's with purpose. It's not, uh, you know, to, to kind of blow up, um, you know, our involvement. It's, uh, it's about getting deeper integrated with, with the clients, making sure that all of these strategies are building up on each other and piggybacking off of each other uh, because there's, there's efficiencies to be gained. Uh, that's one piece, but there's also amplification uh, on, on what you do by, by having the same strategies across platforms and across, um, you know, each of these divisions. So uh, we, it, it, you know, took us a little while to really recognize that to, to the degree we recognize it now, but that's our big push for having uh, this, this coverage that we do now. And we see we see it materialize, um, you know, for all for many of our clients in a big way. 
Yeah. Nice. And I think yeah, Dave. When, since we're aligned, we only profit when a client profits. We have to. It's not a matter of should we go into comment moderation. It's like we have to go into comment moderation, right? Should we um, build a UGC team? Like we have to build a UGC team. UGC content works, and we only profit when our content works. So we must do that. We must be the best UGC content producers on the planet because that's ex that's exactly where our profit's going to come from. And so I think it's, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a shift. Instead of saying, how do we build a creative department that we can make a bunch of money on by selling creative? What we're really asking is how do we, how do we build a creative department that generates a lot of profit for our clients? And it's a different approach because you're gonna, you're gonna package it differently. You're gonna cost it differently. You're not gonna look for ways to, to cut corners and save costs. You're gonna look for ways to, to get the best talent, ways to, to get the best creative strategy because your bottom line depends on it. And as, you know, as we fill fun, like, you know, we, we talk about this all the time that the, the number one thing that, that separates, uh, you know, good agents, good agencies from bad agencies, good media buyers from bad agencies, good campaigns, bad campaigns is often the amount of creative, the amount of, the amount of stuff you're willing to test and able to test. So it, it's an interest. It must be an interesting balance as an agency it, to, uh, to balance those things. So that, you know, having to feed the machine with content so that we can make things perform, but then also having to pay for all that content. Uh, you know, like how, how does that work? How, how is, how has that evolved? I mean, we've certainly uncovered some, some opportunity for remedy, uh, as of late, um, in terms of costing models and, you know, what we're billing for some of our legacy clients and the actual creative work that they're receiving, um, bit imbalanced. However, we've always had this burn the boats mentality where fuck it, let's just make this work. Okay, cool. Whole creative team. I need 50 creatives. Please make that this week. Right. And <laughs> it's just how we roll. And so I think looking forward, having these different groups and, and being able to build those as, as separate line items, I think is going to be super cool and powerful. Um, at the same time, you know, it's not where we came from. And maybe that's that 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 mindset is, is how we got here. We've also made some recent moves to integrate our teams and the sides of those teams a lot more. Right. Like, yeah. uh, the you know creative isn't separate from media buying they're 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 one thing you know if if uh, they have to be aligned in strategy and communication and connection with our clients it's such a big deal bottom. yeah otherwise you know we're not just like dave said we're not just creating work for the hell of it it's not a it's not an output thing it's a results thing so um a big a big piece of it is constantly trying to make sure all those pieces are, are um, gelling together and, and, you know, the alignments internal as well as, uh, you know, externally with the client. Very cool. What about 2021 goals? Let's end on 2021 goals for, for pilot house. You don't have to be super specific. Are we like, you know, we're at 74 or so now, do we have goals in terms of the size of company? Do we want to double? Do we want to triple? What are we, what are we going to do in 2021? We're, 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 I won't talk about staff numbers or, or actual numbers, but we, we're, we're looking to triple in 2021 from where we were in, in 2020. And I, I think it's, you know, we're actually ahead of schedule um, by a large margin to where we thought we'd be at this point. Um, uh, we just had to talk about that today. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that should be absolutely achievable. You love picking big numbers. I love it. And is that across all business units? Is that across, uh, that's across D2C as well as Helmkin? Or is that a specific pilot house goal? 
That's just pilot house. Well, we're gonna triple. We're gonna well, D to C is gonna be triple. That's not gonna be hard, buddy. That's not gonna be hard. He started at zero uh, like a few months ago, so we should be good. Exactly. Well, let's wrap it up. D to C plus.co. You can go there right now. Uh, we're gonna be running monthly workshops that are very similar to the flywheel challenge that we just created. Uh, over the shoulder technical advice, technical transformation. We're gonna our next one in November is gonna be all about automated rules. So you, if you thought, if you've known you need to set up automated rules, but you just haven't got around to doing it, this workshop is going to walk you through the exact steps you need to take. You're gonna look over the shoulder of our top uh, senior media buyers on exactly how they do these kinds of things. They'll take your questions in real time. And we're gonna be doing this every single month. And if you go to d2cplus.co, you can be a part of these uh, amazing learning workshops, as well as get all of the past newsletter content on, on in an easy to use vault. You'll get to join our Facebook group. Uh, there's a few other perks in there as well. You'll be able to use uh, ask live or ask questions of all of our podcast guests. You'll be able to submit questions to all killer, no filler, and you'll be able to get those questions answered as well. Uh, so go to d2cplus.co and make sure you take advantage of this amazing offer. Nice. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks, I know sir. we've got company trivia coming up here, which is another one of those amazing things that we do to keep everyone aligned. Uh, so uh, I look forward to kicking all your asses. <laughs> Better sign up. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. Thanks, guys.